Welcome to What's That About with Joel and Tina. Hello. Hey. Hey, folks. So uh, today we're going to be looking at First, First Peter, Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll see. There's lots of good stuff. In oh. First, I mean, and, and yeah. we have, like, I believe we have an entire series on First Peter. Somewhere. Yeah. In, well, on like, the interwebs. It's, it's on our website. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joel does not handle the website portion of of, is, of the podcast. Yes, he just in case you didn't know, he's basically like you know the, the the celebrity. Like he shows up, he does his part, he leaves. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know, uh, fair enough. I mean, if people ask questions, you, <laughs> you you would answer uh, email questions and talk sure, to people. Of course. But yeah. Yeah, but in terms of handling the uh, website, the upload, download, nope, I just show up. Yeah, I hope I'm not downloading anything. Downloads are bad. (laughs) Anyway, 1 Peter. Yes. uh, Verse of the day. Well, it's verse of the day from a couple days ago. Saturday. Still counts. Yeah. And uh, I'm Um, reading the NLT. I don't know which one you've got. I've got all the versions here. Well, I have NIV, NLT, NASB, 95. I have the Greek version. As well as the NRSV. I'm going to just read it in the the New Living Translation. Sure, sure. Which is, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Right. So the NIV is very similar to a lot of the other versions, NRSV, NASB, and NIV. Does anybody use any other words other than care? No, anxiety. Uh, No, care. He cares for you. So it's cast all your anxiety on him, where your said worries and cares, on him because he cares for you. So cares is persistent throughout all of them. So the word that changes across the board is that word for... Frobitzai. So it's it's not love here. It's not like agape and it's mistranslated. It is in Greek, definitely this caring word. Um, so like the way that someone cares for a child or? No, uh, in terms of like an active word. So. Uh, well, caring for a child is okay, active. Okay. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. That's probably one of the most active things you can do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. I was thinking more of just that is not the kind of care where God sits back and says, "Hey, you got this." Oh, it's, it's, it's he didn't put of, us in the friend zone. Like, I really care about you. Right. You're important to right. me. It's so, not that. And maybe it is more like a parent <laughs> and a child. Meaning that, like, sure. you, like care is intending. Like, yeah. I, I, I tend to the garden. I, I care for the garden. That kind of thing. So, like, a caregiver. But it's, it's even more than that. I think so. It's, it's, and this is the that amazing thing is, it's this is why we can cast our worries and our concerns upon him, because there is this great care, like we care for one another, you know. So it is. That's something that we say to people that matter to us. That is say, hey, I care for you. And when we say that to one another, especially as adults, what we're saying is, what happens in your life matters to me. And because it matters to me, if I can come alongside you, I want to. If I can help you, I will do that. If I can do whatever I can to help you, I will because I care for you. And so this, I think, that's what I think this this passage so it, means about God and us. 
in some ways a little bit more potent than the word uh, love in well, English like language. Potent. That's nice. Well, like in the English language, you yeah. know, you can love tacos, you can sure. you can love sure. people, you can love dogs, right. you can you sure. can love Star Wars. What's more descriptive? Right. So, like t- for like in this situation, yeah. like to care means yeah. that like I'm I'm wrapped up in your goodwill. Sure. Right. So it's better than I mean agape love is great, but it's not necessarily as descriptive as we sometimes need. And so to have it here where God cares for you, that shows us this, this great intimacy. Because in order for God to care for us, God has to know what's going on with us, like you said, wrapped up in our lives. And that's just an amazing thing to ponder on, that we have a God who is wrapped up in our lives, who has stooped down to us. That's just an amazing thing to just think about. Right. Wow. Well, and when you think about this idea of worries, my worries and cares, my anxiety, it gets really easy to make them the focus and to feel like, well, God, God does not care for me. God God has abandoned me. Right. And that we can become so focused on things and our current situation that we miss sight of the big God. So do you think that, that Peter here is saying you know, it's like an either or thing that in terms of our anxiety or our worry or God, one's got to win. One's got to come out ahead. And it's up to us to understand which choice. Either we choose anxiety and therefore we can't choose God or we choose God and worry and anxiety takes a back seat to that. Do you think that's what Peter's saying here, or is he saying something else? Well, I think, um, first of all, within that, we've got to distinguish between worry and concern. Okay, fair or, enough. Or, I mean, like, sure. and I don't even know concern's the right word. Okay. Like, there's things in this world yeah. that, so uh, one of my favorite definitions of, of worry, I think it's worry, Andy Andrews says that worry is... Uh, misused imagination that the majority of things that we worry about mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. things that our imagination has mm-hmm. has come up with yeah that will never happen right like they're either right it oftentimes it's something that we cannot change mm-hmm. that will never happen will was never possible to happen and then there's just like real small portion of something that you might be able to do something about <laughs> and why would you worry about it if you could do something about it just right. do what you can right this is more than that this is something that's real i think that's why the word anxiety may be a little bit of a better translation here because but even anxiety yeah. is it falls into that i mean like to be anxious about it means right. like oftentimes it's wrapped up in this concern of I want it to turn out a certain way. Sure. I mean, like anxiety could be a form of perfectionism that has run rampant. So, but I, I think anxiety is one of those things <coughs> where it can easily control us. It can dictate our behavior, our thought patterns, because in most cases, anxiety comes from something that we're dealing with yes. on, on a on a very real basis. Now, that real basis could be up in our minds. It could be out in the world. It could be things that we're dealing with it could be our neighbors it could be our church it could be school it could be work i mean there's all these different things that we can be anxious about that will keep us up at night that will keep us from thinking about other things and so you know i think you know this idea of anxiety 
is a very real issue for a lot of people because anxiety allowed to run rampant will lead to destruction. Well, and there is a difference between run-of-the-mill anxiety okay. and clinical, like people who suffer from... Do you think from, there's a differentiation here? I think so. I mean, like, because you, you can have a, an issue that needs to be treated with care. It's like a medical... Or like a medical thing. issue, okay. but... I don't think that's what Peter's talking about. Here. I don't think so either, and I think that that's why... Like, He's talking about stuff that you can actually choose. Yeah. Like, sometimes... It's stuff that you decide to noodle on. Right. It's right. not anything that you can affect change on. Right. It's just stuff that you're thinking about that you want to turn out a certain way or you didn't want to turn out a certain way. The, there's oftentimes fear associated well, with it. So let's and, come up with some examples here. Maybe that we can help people. So like one thing that historically I've been anxious about is the size of the church that I serve at. Uh, because of all the things that go around with it. You know, personally, like, am I doing my job? You know, are people not coming because I've done something wrong? Why is the church this way? Why are the people here? Can I grow it? Etc. So historically, I've had anxiety over numbers. Like, is it too big? Is it too small? I've never really worried about too big. <laughs> Which is kind of interesting because too big is the issue where you're going to run up against a lot of those questions you just asked. Fair. Well, sure. You know, like being able to care well for people, yeah. the larger you right. get, the right. less likely you are right. able to do that. In fact, it's it becomes a real thing. Sure. You know, like you think you may not have enough time. And, mm -hmm. and I guess that that's like part of the anxiety part yeah. is like you have all these questions uh, yeah. about it. But, but the truth yeah. is none of them are a real threat. It's just a perceived threat. Well, the thing about anxiety is that sometimes you can't tell the difference between a real threat and a perceived threat, and you treat it the same because it's in your mind. It's on your thoughts. And so for my example... Can't believe everything you think. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes you can't trust what you're thinking as, as true, especially if you're not balancing it off anybody. So where I've come to a different place is to say, well, I could let that anxiety win and it'll keep me up at night and it will drive my ministry in a certain way if I allow that to become maybe the most important thing. And so over the years, what I've had to choose to do is to understand what, what that is rooted in. And that is in just me as a person and uh, mistakes that I've made and this recognition that, um, that sometimes I do get focused in on like numbers and that can lead me down towards a wrong path. And so the way out of that for me is to turn to a passage like this, where I say, what choice am I gonna make? Am I going to turn back to God and trust in what God is doing or am I going to continue to turn inward to my own self and to try to work my way out of it? And that does not work. I can tell you that. Right. Well, and I think that you you may not have even recognized it, but one of the things that you hit on is that it comes down to numbers. And if you look at the whole of your life, you can see where numbers have been anxiety throughout all sorts of different things. You know, like how much is in the bank account? How much is... You know, do I need to pay this one? Did I pay that one? Um, you know, all these different things sure. that are, are numbers. Yeah, I mean, money is definitely <clears throat> something to be anxious over. Well, when... no, it's not actually. But it's something that 
as a world, we have made it something to I didn't be say it was worth being anxious over. I said it is something to be anxious over. Um, so, yeah, there's me opening up myself a little bit. Sorry. Throughout the word, you're jumping on me a little bit. <laughs> I'm not trying to jump on you. I get it. It's okay. I'm just, I mean, you, you said it. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I, I thought it would be helpful to maybe use an example instead of speaking in generalities. Yes, it's always helpful. So that I mean, that's my journey though, is to say, and it's a daily thing uh, where every day I recognize I have a choice to think about things that could lead to anxiety for me, or to continuously turn to God in my thought process, in my prayers, in my study. And it is so much more worth it and freeing to say, God, I'm just going to turn to you. And I understand that you've got it because you care about me. So the, cool. the verse that I always like, how do you do this? Um, like the verse that I've, I, and I don't remember the address for it, but the verse is uh, take every thought captive to Christ. Yeah. And so, like, I have this little, like, mental image of thought in handcuffs given to Jesus. And I, if I'm really struggling with it, or if I'm not sure if it's something that I should do something about, then when I give it to Jesus, I say, Lord, this is yours now. But if it's supposed to be mine, give it back to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that has been helpful. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I think that... Like with you, like you were very vulnerable in stating the numbers thing. And, you know, we all have different numbers that we worry about. Sure. It, it, it just depends on who you are. Like I, I've been thinking, um, so when I go to the doctors, one of the numbers I get concerned about is the scale. Like I don't, I don't necessarily worry about my blood pressure. I don't care about like what my cholesterol level is. It, it's just like, that is what it is. Um, but for it, and then I'm not going to say for some reason, because of my history, because of what I've done, what I, what I've tried to change about my own life, it's still kind of like, Oh, I've got to get on it. And am I going to have to have a conversation with my doctor about this? So isn't it, but more the doctor conversation than the actual number itself? No, the number itself is also wrapped up and yes like it also right like because it's difficult to release the number once I've seen it and you know I'm not the only one there's a, a movement to have a card that says I deny getting on the scale unless it's needed for um, prescription purposes like because it's very rare that your doctor needs that weight number well they, and, and, and you know they're always gonna like get on you about it you know they do. Right. I don't, I, I mean, the the number of times I've ever been into a doctor and they didn't say something about my weight is close to zero. And it doesn't feel very caring. Well, it, the issue that I've come to discover is that sometimes people can, and I've seen this uh-huh. and within my own uh, extended family, where doctors will say, you need this procedure, but I will not give it to you until you lose X amount of weight. Yeah. Even though there's no research that indicates that losing the weight increases success of the surgery and that the surgery could help with overall health benefits. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm going to deny you the health benefits of the surgery 
until you meet this arbitrary number that I have for you. So anyway, that I think that it's when we talk about cares and worries, it's not just like, Oh, what am I going to eat after church today? I wonder, (laughs) I wonder if, uh, you know, big boy's going to have a table or if I'm going to have to wait in line. You know, like it's, it's more than that. I think that God wants to the very core, like he wants our numbers. Yeah. He wants to be able to say like, Hey, I got, well, and it's even more than I got this. It's I'm willing to walk with you in the midst of it. Like I, I hear you. I see that you're anxious. And I'm not going to abandon you to it. Right. Like, I may yeah. not take care of it. Right. I, like, you know, right. I, I may not change how many people show up on Sunday morning. I may not change what number shows up on your scale. Nothing in the world may change. But your understanding of where I am in the midst of that, that's what I need you to understand. And And I think that that's really the amazing part about this passage is that God is saying, life may suck. There may be reasons to be anxious. There will be things to worry about. You are going to have difficult times, but I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm here with you. Mm -hmm. And I'm not some cosmic genie (laughs) that you insert prayer, output, (laughs) you know, desired end result. God just wants us to know that he's there with us. Right. And so it doesn't, like you were saying, doesn't mean that the thing we're perhaps anxious over is all of a sudden going to change. It doesn't mean that God is going to fix it always. doesn't mean that, that their circumstances are even necessarily going to change. But what does change is where is God? Right. Because I can guarantee you that when I go to the doctor in August for my regular visit, yeah. there's going to be a scale there. Right. They're going to ask me to get on and it. You can... They're not even going to ask my opinion. They're like, get like they will state, get on the scale. Yeah, they're not going to ask if you want to. No, they're not going to be like, so do you want to like turn around backwards so you don't see this? Do you want me to write this in your chart? No. They're going to be like, can you get on, get on the you scale? You have valley girls that are nurses? Yes, wow. I have valley girl nurses. Wow. They're the best. So, <laughs> you know, that that's never going to change. Right. Doctors are always... They're always going to do that. And, and I mean, I can desire for doctors to change. I can try and talk with my specific doctors about how that affects me and whether or not it's truly needed within my medical care. Yeah. But it is a part of the system. And God's like, I hear you. I'm here with you. Like, I understand being a fat chick. I mean... I get it. It, it. it is what it is. So let's do this together. And that makes the difference. It makes all the difference. That makes the difference. And there's always comes down to, you know, questions I think about is, you know, what difference does faith make? You know, what difference does it make being a Christian or not? And this is one of those circumstances where it's really clear that being a believer, having God in your life, is to know that because God cares for us, God really is with us. God is intermingled with us. God isn't just, as you said, this cosmic being, which of course God is, but God is also near. And God cares about us and about the things that we care about. And if we can understand that, and I think it makes our journey in this world at least more comforting 
It, it helps us to know that we're not alone when the chips are down. And that's an amazing thing to really uh, grow into, to understand, to live for. And uh, that's what makes faith worth it. For sure. Well, thanks for uh, hanging out with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hope that you guys have a great week and yeah. that. Uh, God bless. Yeah. Uh, will we be back next Wednesday? How's that work? Sure. Sure. We'll be back. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.